This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast it's on a picturesque day in Happy Valley. It's a good weekend to have people on campus. That's what Penn State is going to do. Once again, the official visit list reaching double digits here, the third consecutive weekend with the Nittany Lions welcoming in a group of official visitors. We've got a lot of coverage up on the site at lions247.com. Uh, I'm Tyler Donahue. I'm rejoining the discussion after Sean Fitz, my co-host, and Brian Doan, the tremendous national analyst with 24-7 Sports did all the carrying of that weight last episode. Sean, nice work with Brian. Not, no surprise, he, he blew it out of the park again. And, and right now, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to Nitty Lines recruiting. Yeah, when Don and I hop on a conversation, it's usually supposed to be short. It ended up being a half hour long. I talked to you and you're like, what else are we going to do? And that's pretty much how it went. So we <laughs> we just decided to scrap you for the first one. I hope you were not offended. We got you back in today. And it's a busy weekend. So uh, it's good. We got plenty to talk about. I don't think we're going to be around that long, but plenty to talk about. 10 official visitors coming in this weekend, some unofficial guys, some camps. So pretty much I'm not going to say a carbon copy of last weekend, but it, it, you know, last weekend was very busy. This weekend, once again, going to be very busy. And as Andy Frank said in an episode with us about two weeks ago, uh, it's it's about getting these guys on the right path and and following through. They seem to do a really good job last weekend. We're going to see how they do this weekend. And there have been visitors that have popped up over the course of the week. There will be more official visitors next week, wrapping up June. And that'll be a lot of commitments and, and a few targets as well. Uh, but let's start here, Sean. Official visit weekend number three. As mentioned, it's a big number, 10. Uh, we've got a bunch online, 247.com. There's going to be a camp on Sunday. We'll see what comes of that. But the, the focus here is these official visits. Players already reporting that they're on campus here uh, You know, at lunchtime on Friday. Let's start with the guys who are traveling quite a ways. Uh, Christian Driver, an athlete from Texas, a defensive back, safety, a wide receiver. Uh, let's call him an athlete. He's a four-star prospect. A dad, Donald Driver, a standout wide receiver with the Green Bay Packers for one of those seasons with Green Bay. James Franklin was the receivers coach. And lo and behold, he produces a son who is now in a position to be a power five prospect. And Penn State gets a chance to host him. And this is one that maybe quietly you've been pointing to a long time and saying, just keep an eye on Christian Driver. His official visit has arrived. Yeah, this is one where we thought that, you know, Christian may have been close to a decision a few times. I think Penn State's kind of been like, hey, you should probably see the campus for, you know, for a kid that's driving distance or something like that might be a little bit different, but for a kid from Texas, um, you know, he's got a tremendous relationship with James Franklin, obviously Franklin playing the long game while befriending Donald driver all those years ago, knowing that he had eventually have a four-star son. So some four D chess right there for Franklin. Uh, but no, this is a, this is one where those relationships have been big. He visited uh, or he didn't visit. He was there with his father at the Cotton Bowl when he visited practice uh, a couple of years ago. So, I mean, that's just a long-term thing that they've been, uh, you know, working on. I think, you know, he's got a great offer list. I'm not sure which schools are pressing the hardest, but Penn State and Wisconsin seem to be the ones that have jumped out to him. 
Uh, we have, I have a crystal ball pick in for Penn state have, you know, felt pretty good about that one for a long time. He's got an official to Wisconsin, of course, you know, as, as the son of a green Bay Packer, Wisconsin is, is kind of home for him as well. Um, so, you know, that, that you certainly can't write off the Badgers, but Penn state with an opportunity to sort of solidify things with their standing with driver, they're recruiting him as a receiver, which is what he wants to hear. I think, and a lot of people think he could be a top level safety. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens during his college career, but um, you know, it, it, that's why we kind of have the athlete tag, uh, the athlete tab on Christian driver, but he's a guy that they've liked for a long time. They've, they've been, you know, they've felt good about their chances. And I think that they have a chance to solidify their standing this weekend. The old uh, classic Big Ten battle for a Texas prospect, maybe maybe shaking out here with, with Driver. Uh, elsewhere on the recruiting trail, making a longer trip, Sean, is Florida defensive lineman Zane Durant. He's out of the Orlando area, Central Florida, that new coaching staff led by Gus Malzahn. He has been frequently visiting them uh, during recent weeks, getting familiar with that program. It's in his backyard. Miami's on the official visit itinerary. He's already gotten a trip up to Big Ten territory at Indiana. Um, coming in, 23 total tackles for loss the last couple of years, seven sacks last season. At six foot one, 251 pound, assuming those measurements are accurate on his 24-7 sports profile, that would qualify him as a bit undersized for a player that I think projects as an interior defensive lineman. Well, he was 6'2 a week ago, so we'll see where he ends up coming. It's going the wrong direction. It's June, man. It's <laughs> happening all over the place. As I mentioned with Doan, it's uh, it's one of those things. But, uh, no, I think that'll be important in terms of, uh, you know, how how does he measure up? This kid, is, he's an explosive defensive lineman, but, you know, he is on the shorter side. Be curious to see where he goes. I mean, Indiana has done a really good job of Florida prospects. They got him on campus. Miami wants to get him on campus, but UCF, I think is the big threat here. Um, Gus Malzahn's there, new coach bump right there. Just going to play into that whole, keep everybody at home that every single coach that is hired anywhere goes into. Um, so I, I think that that's going to be something to deal with. I'm, I'm curious to see this is a kid that has really moved up Penn state's board as a defensive tackle. I'm curious to see where he is after the weekend, whether he gets in, maybe he's not uh, as big as advertised and you might, that that might see his uh, recruiting go in one direction. Maybe they get him on campus. Maybe they love him. I mean, they, 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 they seem to like the player that is there, the athlete that is there. It's just a matter of, can he measure up in big 10 ball? And I think that'll be sort of a measuring stick for him this weekend. There are 10 prospects on campus for official visits this weekend. Only one of them uh, is currently committed to a school, and that is Drew Shelton, committed to Penn State since last September. Uh, he was on campus here just a couple of weeks ago, Sean, but since then he has also gone to Gainesville, used an official visit earlier this week with the Florida Gators. We've mentioned his transfer now to IMG Academy. That shakes up the dynamics a bit for, for Pennsylvania's top-ranked offensive lineman, and it would figure to be a very important moment for him and for the coaching staff to get in for 48 hours here and come out the other side feeling some sense of increased clarity. It's it's a good weekend for talented visitors. I think Drew Shelton's probably your most important visitor. I know that you don't usually don't say that for a committed guy, but for him to check out Florida for Georgia, Florida State, Notre Dame, Rutgers is in there. So several schools still talking to him and he's keeping those lines of communication open. So he's been on campus one time already this weekend and, and you'd like to see, you know, I don't think those, he'll shut it down after this weekend, but you you like to maybe get him to feel really good about his choice going into the dead period. That way it sort of, you know, uh, marinates there for a while. And maybe you get back into July, August and into his season and things feel a little bit better there. Um, you know, you still like where Penn State stands. He's still committed. He's still, um, you know, 
doing all the right things, saying all the right things, but this is kind of that example that we threw out several times in the podcast before is this kid has not visited anywhere and he wants to check things out and you certainly can't hold that against him. So um, I, I think very, very important visit for Drew Shelton this weekend. Um, you know, if you can lock him down, which, you know, I'm kind of skeptical if, if you can completely lock him down, that would just be incredibly huge for this class. And if Drew Shelton's recruitment, uh, and by the way, I know I know our listeners want to see that 107% committed, uh, I'm sorry, 107% locked in tweet coming from Drew Shelton. We just saw that from a couple of Penn State quarterback commits earlier this week, uh, Drew Alar, um, and, and also uh, Drew, uh, Bo Perbula uh, putting that out there after Caden Saunders, Jerry Cross, Ken Talley have done in the past. Uh, as Sean said, stay tuned with Shelton. Uh, you may not get to the finish line this weekend, but figures to be a big step toward that finish line. If that's not the most intriguing recruitment that's going to play out this weekend at Penn State, Sean, maybe the one that is is, is Keon Wiley's out of Philadelphia, um, a, a guy that you've had the discussion. Is he a defensive end? Is he a linebacker? What is Penn State's path to a linebacker in this recruiting cycle? And does it lead back to Philadelphia where you've got two commitments in the city right now? Ken Talley, an edge rusher, and also Tyrese Mills, a safety who's up at Lackawanna College. He's an edge guy. Isn't that what we say now? He can, can, can be a linebacker, can be a defensive end. I'm, I'm curious to see where the size checks out, but I, I really like Wiley as a player. I know a lot of people that have, you know, checked that know what they're watching when they watch tape uh, a lot more than me uh, are really big fans of Keon Wiley. So I'm, I'm encouraged to see this trip happened. Um, you know, it's, he's not going to work. It's not going to be a trip where they work him out or anything like that, but they'll get an idea of what that length looks like, what that frame looks like and sort of try and project from there. Um, he's got, uh, you know, Anto Saka is up. We talked about this in the first, uh, on the first podcast this, this week with Brian Dome, very similar players, um, very similar, a ton of length. Both guys run really well. Are they linebackers? Are they defensive end? It, it, you know, that's something where I don't know that you can project without seeing these kids and they'll get, they'll get a look at them this weekend, see what kind of size they bring to the table. Um, You know, you can kind of project athleticism based on the numbers that they have. Um, But yeah, Wiley's a very intriguing guy. Um, Visited Pitt last weekend, has a visit scheduled for Kentucky next weekend, but he's close with Ken Talley. He's close with a lot of those Philly guys and Penn state, the way that they've tried to get back into Philly would love, would love to get them on board sooner rather than later. And I don't know if you've heard, but Dion Barnes has proven to be a, a vital presence in Philadelphia for Penn State on the recruiting trail. I've heard that once or twice. Yes, he may have said it a few times as well. By the way, with Wiley, I, I know there's a, you know that comparison maybe to, to with Saka and coming to campus and and how do they fit in your defensive plans? It feels like, and you've seen Saka on the camp circuit, and you've seen him really physically impressed in a, in a big way. Wiley really got it done from a production standpoint, looking at his junior film, 12 sacks. Um, to me, it, he just screams like the kind of recruitment where if he ends up somewhere else, when it felt like Penn State, it was theirs to have. It just comes back to kill you, or it's a guy that you you follow for the next three, four years, have a lot of success, a productive college career, and you just wonder why you couldn't find a spot in the roster uh, during his recruitment. I actually had the same conversation with someone this morning. Uh, Wiley, I think it, it, it's one of those guys that you always think about like Michigan state that gets, gets the guys that just, and it, it's usually with Ohio guys. How did they miss on this kid? You know, how did Ohio state miss on this kid? Well, it was under the radar. It kind of happens. And then all of a sudden he flourishes at a place like Michigan state. I don't think you want to let Keon Wiley get out and go to Pitt or Kentucky or something, or one of those other schools that's, that's recruiting him. But uh, yeah, we will see. Numbers are a tricky thing, especially for, I guess, for lack of a better term, tweeners, um, you know, he's six, probably six, two and a half, um, you know, he runs pretty well, uh, but does he run 
well enough to cover all that ground as a Sam? Is he a box linebacker? I, there's just so many questions that you can come out of there asking um, about both those guys. And, uh, you know, for, for now, in my opinion, they're both good enough to recruit and take right now if you can do that. Um, but I think the competition's pretty heavy, especially for Saka. Shall we stick with edge guys who recently visited Pitt? Because I've got another on this list for you. Tyrese Fearbury, uh, four-star prospect in the composite at the Perry Traditional Academy in Pittsburgh. Um, that's where the crystal ball is pointing a, a couple of weeks removed from his visit there. Uh, supposed to get to Auburn next on the official visit itinerary. Um, and, and at six foot five, 210 pounds, uh, another that you can kind of let your imagination run with depending on what you want your defense to look like. Yeah, I love this. Love his frame. Big kid. Plenty of room to grow. He's a city league kid, so he's raw. But, um, you know, he's been to Pitt uh, probably five or six times this month already. And it's just, I mean, that's, that's the logical thing. You, you look at what Pitt's been able to do, especially with Western Pennsylvania defensive linemen, um, city league guys. Dayon Hayes was there last year or two, two cycles ago, I think it was. Um, so you've got an opportunity to sort of continue that if you're Pitt. So I think, I think the smart money would be on Pitt here. He, he did come up to that scrimmage um, in late April and, and left very impressed, especially with Beaver Stadium and, you know, what, what things like look like in there. So he's going to get that opportunity to see that once again this weekend. I have a tough time seeing him land at Penn State, but he, he did have some really good things to say coming out of that trip. We have a couple linemen to get to, but but I want to take a quick detour, go to receiver, because this was a late edition. Brian Doan reported this on Wednesday, and it was on Wednesday that Tyler Johnson got up to Penn State, got a chance to tour campus, worked out for the staff, and very quickly this was constructed, Sean. He is already back. I don't know if he even bothered leaving, but he's here for an official visit this weekend. Um, a guy who averaged 30-plus yards per reception last season, blew up with FBS offers this spring. Good timing for him. Uh, Boston College, Maryland, Virginia are some of the other teams that have put offers on the table. Industry-wide evaluations aren't really there yet with Johnson. I think 24-7 Sports has him just inside the top 100 at receiver. But quite frankly, there are a lot of unknowns about this kid, and I'm sure the Penn State staff is looking to, to fill uh, a lot of answers in the next 48 hours. And I'm curious to, you know, you made a good point. I'm curious to see what he did between trips. I haven't talked to Tyler about that, but he was up on Wednesday <laughs> right. coming back today. That's a 400 mile trip. Cause he's, he's from Virginia, but he's from down there, Virginia. He's, he's closer to Greensboro, North Carolina than he is, um, you know, most places in Virginia right along the border there. Um, so I'm curious to see where, which direction that went, but he came in for a workout this week, did really, really well, ran sub four five for Penn state. Um, again, another guy that drank a couple inches this month. That seems to have happened a few places, um, but it, it's a guy that, that really impressed Penn State. I think he got into the, uh, you know, the, we've, we've talked so many times about these guys that are coming up for workouts or for camp workouts or things like that, that probably didn't have the green light. He seems like he has the green light coming out of that, uh, that workout the other day, which is a, a good sign of how he looked um, in front of the coaching staff. Another player out of the Virginia high school football scene and one that has really been, I would say, a divisive prospect during this, the span of, of this 2022 cycle during recent months, um, Gunnar Gibbons. At one point, he was inside the top 20 overall in 24-7 sports composite rankings. Um, I think actually just 24-7 sports rankings. He slid more than 100 spots there in 2021, Sean. Um, he's still a four-star. The composite rating is, is still over a 94, six foot five. 290 pounds, um, a guy who was uh, apparently, you know, 
talked about playing defense, maybe not, not just focusing on offense, seven predictions, all seven going to Virginia tech. This was what, five, six months ago, thought to be a Clemson commitment on the verge of that happening. I mean, it's, it's completely recalibrated and, and here he is and, and Penn state taking a look. It's just amazing because I'm looking at the message boards. There's a lot of talk about a lot of guys. This isn't really one of them. And I think if you sent us back six months ago, there will be a lot more buzz about Gunnar Gibbons coming to campus. The, the buzz is certainly not the same as it was a, a, a while ago. I mean, that, that a lot of that was projection. Um, you know, some he, he went and worked out at a camp in Florida and the reviews were just not very good. Um, and I think that really kneecapped his recruitment, to be honest with you. Um, Penn State still ha- has been keeping in touch with him. Phil Troutwine has been recruiting him uh, pretty heavily. I-, I thought he would have committed to Virginia Tech by now. There was rumors that he was going to do that to start off June. And-, and really, it makes sense. If you look at what, you know, he's a Virginia kid. He's not not far from from Blacksburg. And, you know, that that whole stay home kind of thing that we saw, kind of kind of how we saw Landon Tangwall last year. It's a different situation, but um, that that stay in the, you know, be be the biggest program in your area type thing. Um, I, th- I think that that's probably what he was, what I thought he would get at by now, but he, he's wanted to check out Penn State for a long time. As I mentioned, Phil Troutwine's been in touch with him. Um, it, you know, he's talked about playing defensive line. That's not, that's not going to happen. He's going to be an offensive line. He's probably going to be an interior offensive lineman. Um, but I think that that's one of those things. You, I, and we said this at the, the outset of the uh, of the camp season and actually back in the spring, don't get too attached to those early rankings. Some will really move a lot. And Givens has been an, uh, an example of that. One guy that that has done well for himself this spring, and you've seen that firsthand, is Andre Roy. Um, if Gunnar Givens is getting the hometown pitch from Virginia Tech, then you know that Andre Roy is getting it from Maryland uh, out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. He has used an official visit in College Park already. He has also used an official visit at Rutgers. So three consecutive weekends now, Sean, where Roy gets to a Big Ten campus. He also dropped this on us midweek on a tweet that he was at Arizona State this week for an official visit visit. So I don't really know. I haven't seen much reported on that trip uh, to the Southwest, but that's a, I do that's wonder. A of, that's a heck of a time to pop up at Arizona State, man. Yeah, and I was thinking the same thing. I don't know how the staff uh, was equipped this week to handle an official visit and make you feel welcomed and accommodated for. But getting back to the Penn State situation, Sean, a guy you saw in person this year, uh, this spring, how does he fit? Because there's so many offensive line offers that went out in February, March, April. We've seen some things material Materialized. We're waiting on others. And Roy is a guy who surfaced during that time frame. Yeah, some guys moved up the board. Some guys moved down the board. Roy's a guy that did move up the board. Uh, they saw him, you know, they they get these videos from these camps. He was really good at the Under Armour camp back in May um, down in Maryland. Uh, you know, this is a guy, he's far from a finished product, but he's got tackle size. He's got really good feet for that size. And um, I, I think there's a lot to like there. And, you know, this is one of those ones he, he visited in Maryland. He visited Rutgers. He took that in-week official to Arizona State. I thought Penn State was in a good spot coming into those trips. And, you know, coming into this one, it, it might be a chance to, to blow him away. Um, to me, that taking four trips in the matter of three, three and a half weeks, that tells me that he's looking to get this thing over with. I talked to him back at the Under Armour camp, kind of leaned toward making a decision in July, but at the same time, he, he doesn't really know what's what what is going on with recruiting all the time. So I, I think that that's one that you could probably watch this weekend. I, I would... I would 
warn from people expecting more commitments this weekend? It seems like last week you didn't listen when we told you that, but um, you know, whatever. Sean, you have an opportunity to extend that warning a bit later, courtesy of the mailbag. So hold off. We'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) But Roy Roy's a guy that's, that's moved up the board. I mean, JB Nelson, who who picked up his, his offer at camp a couple of weeks ago, the Lackawanna kid, uh, Alessandro Lawrence Zetti was on campus this weekend is going to be back next week as well. Um, so those guys are sort of, you know, have, have climbed up a little bit on the board. So we'll see what happens uh, with Phil Troutline, what he likes to do. I mean, you're probably thinking that um, you were originally thinking four, maybe five now. So uh, a lot of that stuff is going to be very fluid with numbers because other positions will affect it. But it seems like, you know, they, they like to recruit the tackles and, and Andre Roy fits that uh, that mold of what they're looking for said going into last weekend that at the running back spot where we project two players, the the dream scenario if you're Penn State is Nick Singleton joined by, you know, prospect X, another four-star prospect, another guy you're talking with. And I think you can make the case for Omari and Hampton uh, uh, being in that conversation as the next guy. Uh, he will be on campus this week, uh, a North Carolina product. And uh, talk about a guy who's doing his homework right now in June. He's been all over the place, Sean. Uh, he's had, he's going to Ohio state next. He's already worked through the sec a little bit with Auburn and Florida official visits. Now he's got Penn state, you can't ever count out Jay Wan Sider in a setting like this where he's person to person giving his spiel on, on what Penn State has to offer, what his room has to offer. Um, what do you make of Amari and Hampton making his trip? He's the number 12 running back, number 142 overall in 24-7 sports composite rankings. Yeah, this is uh, an incredible – he's probably the most talented kid they'll host this weekend. Uh, Hampton, I think, is, is an awesome running back. I mean, uh, Hampton and Singleton – one A, one B, and and whatever order you want to put them in must be fine with me because they're both uh, really good backs. Um, I I think it's probably a similar situation to Singleton in that, um, you know, I, I think Hampton's probably going to end up at North Carolina, stay home. I think Singleton's probably going to end up at Penn State and stay home. Um, but they're both guys that are, you know, eager to te- to check out other campuses, see what's out there. Um, you look at what Carolina's been able to do over the last two years um, with Mac Brown it's tough to bet against them for an in-state kid right now. So um, I'd be surprised if he ended up here, but if you're a Penn state fan and he ended up here, you'd be absolutely delighted. This is exactly the type of back that you're, you know, that, that, traditional Penn State fans have been looking for. Big kid, explosive, runs really well. Um, there's a lot to like with Omarion Hampton. He's one of my favorite prospects in this class. Um, it's just going to be an uphill battle for Penn State to land him. Hampton was number 10. There you go. Uh, we just went through all 10 guys. And before we shift gears and, and get to the conversation I had with Kevon Lee just a few days ago, we had a chance to speak with the Penn State running back and have a couple audio clips to share from that conversation and a little bit of insight. Um, but a quick recruiting note, the one I did want to get to here, Sean, some crystal ball movement at Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, we had some guys that listened to the to the podcast the other day, and by the time that was out, uh, we had a, a note saying, "Hey, watch Jaden Gold. He's he's probably going to go to USC." Um, I think it's going to be. The, I think that's going to be the end one in that uh, in that scenario. Uh, it's a tough loss for Penn State if that you know continues to go in that direction. He's set to announce on Sunday, um, but yeah, it seemed like one uh, a lot of reporting to back up that that we we felt good about Jaden Gold and. You know, it just didn't uh, didn't work out in that or hasn't worked out in that direction. So I flipped mine to USC the other night. I know Steve and, and Doan did. I just spoke to a lot of people and they, they feel confident that it's heading that way. But that's uh, that's part of June recruiting, I guess. 
Uh, one other thing, we got an article up on Lions 24-7 on Thursday. Uh, new in-state offer going out to tight end Marcus Dixon from Archbishop Wood. Uh, he was on campus on Thursday with a teammate, um, Samaj Bridgman, who does have an offer, a linebacker. Um, so keep an eye on Marcus Dixon, a six foot four, 220-pound rising junior. Not much film out there. I know some of our readers were, were curious about that. Uh, but uh, by the way, uh, important note and not one that Penn State fans love, but same program that produced Kyle Pitts coming off of an all-time tight end run uh, at the University of Florida. So, Sean, we are back with with some conversation on Kevon Lee. We've got our five-star mailbag. Well, you'll issue a warning to our audience once again. Stay with us, folks. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We continue here on the Lions 24-7 podcast with a look back to my recent conversation with Kevon Lee, Penn State's second year running back, ended up leading the Nittany Lions in rushing yards last season. And Sean, um, a player that we did not have available for media sessions at any point this spring or last season, that's pretty standard for Penn State with their first-year players. Now it's year number two, and Kevon shared a few things. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but development through his first year on campus – the main thing is he just validated everything we've been saying and he was not really that comfortable last year when it first came time to touch the ball and play in big 10 football. He hadn't played since 2018 in live football action, no senior season at the high school level. And he explained to me, it really was until after that Michigan game, when he broke out, went for what 140 plus yards in that contest. It was win number one of the season. He got a major boost of confidence and he said, okay, I've done this before. And from there, you know, he he carried it down the stretch and it was really his backfield because of injuries, because of some inefficiencies elsewhere. Um, And he emerged as as one of those guys that you just can't put aside, no matter how much you want to place focus on Noah Kane or the incoming Baylor transfer, John Lovett. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing where you look at what he brings to the table and, and nothing, I don't think anything blows you away. Um, But he got here underdeveloped and still did that as a true freshman, which, you know, makes you, pretty optimistic for what he can put together. I know he had some other comments for you about his development, but I think it's very intriguing in terms of what he can bring to the table when he actually gets into a strength program, when he actually gets into nutrition and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He had said he never really focused before he got to college on a you know sustained conditioning program, testing numbers, and they'll test your numbers here at Penn State. It's something they like to do. And when he got to campus last summer, Sean, he told me it was at a four, six plus range, 40 yard dash, took it, uh, you know, retested this spring, less than a full year on campus. He gave me the number of four, four, nine, 40 yard dash. I quickly gave that number to our message board. I know there are going to be some skeptics out there on, on if that number matches up with how fast Kevon Lee truly is right now. 
that's what I got to go off of as a reporter. And I can tell you this, if at six foot and listing himself 228 pounds, he's doing that. He's not going to be sidelined by, by many running backs in the country, much less running backs here in Happy Valley. So as one of those skeptics, I, I, I took that information. I said, are you serious to some of my people in the program? They're like, yeah, we were surprised too. And they had him about a four five or so. You said four four nine. Four four nine sounds better. Um, it but sure does. <laughs> what he said, he didn't, didn't even look like a four six kid last year. I mean, he looked like a kid running high four sevens, four eight. Um, not going to run away from anybody. But if he's able to develop that lower body strength and turn it into speed, that's that's notable. That's certainly notable. So yeah, I, uh, I had to, uh, I had to play skeptic on that one, but I reached out to some people and they were also surprised, but pleased at, at his offseason development. This is a, 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 the comments from Kevon when he looked back at how it went last year um, and, and really what it was like to be thrust into that situation with Journey Brown being sidelined, Noah King getting hurt right off the bat, Devin Ford missing a bunch of time and it being his show pretty quickly. Like, I wasn't used to playing in pads because I've been out like a whole year, my whole season yard didn't play, so I wasn't used to it. So it's like I just had to get my feet back on me, like, okay, this, this football, like, okay, I've been here before. After the Michigan game, like, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to go out there and perform the way I did. So, like, going into like the next week, Rutgers, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable now. I know what I'm doing. I've been here before. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it felt like normal to me because like that's what I've always been doing like it's never been like oh I just did great so it's like I, I I hold myself to a higher standard like I feel like I left more yards out there like like I was looking at like what could I done better how many like more times I could have got in the end zone but at the same time it was, it was like amazing because it's like okay my first actually actually college game I started and I actually did good and and it was our first win so that like helped a lot because it, it seems like I he carried us to the win, so it was, it was good. I, I loved it. And additionally, we just said it. That four four nine number, if that stands up and he's got a couple more years to develop on that, it's going to be really fun to watch Kevon Lee play football, and he's going to have a future in this sport long-term beyond Happy Valley. But here's what he did say about where he feels different going into this year and why he thinks it's going to be a big second season. I always had the speed. It's just like back to – we was talking about the year I took off 2019. It's like I had to get back, get my feet back under me. So I was I always had the speed. It just like I kind of for, forgot about it. Like I was not sure about it at one point in time, like last year. So I always had it. I just like now I'm comfortable. I just like know my speed. So it's like, okay, I'm moving faster. I'm getting faster times because I know my speed now. But coming in first, it was just like, okay, I didn't play football in a year. Like, what do I still have? Because I've been working out, but I never like really had to test my speed or test my moves. None of that. Like my body just feel different now. I'm, I'm I'm ready for this shit because I'm showing it all. Like I'm gonna be lining up rods. See, I'm used to showing all. You go, you go. Y'all gonna see. I'm versatile now. <laughs> I'm, I'm the whole package this year. <laughs> Sean, we won't spend too much time on Kevon Lee because we have an entire summer to do that. He's going to be a big topic of conversation for us leading into September. But where we are right now, when you think about his role in this backfield, the way he's feeling about himself and the way we've heard it from Franklin, we've heard it from Sider, this staff feels about him. What are the realistic expectations in a pretty darn crowded backfield? 
Well, I look at what Noah Kane did back uh, when he was kind of the the second fiddle to Journey Brown there at the end of that 2019 season. And you, you said the same things about him. You weren't sure if he would be able to break the big plays, the big runs, be more of a compliment to the other speed guys. I'm not sure when you look at this room who the big speed guy is, um, but it, it can kind of provide you something a little bit different. So if you know those numbers check out and, and he adds some some lower bo- lower body power to his repertoire. I mean, this guy's going to get carries and that's, it seems pretty, pretty obvious that he can fit into what you're trying to do, whether that be, you know, t- traditional big 10 ball, whether you're trying to, to, to spread it around a little bit. I mean, there's always space for, for a back like Lee. So I think he'll, he'll be a guy that maybe gets a little bit more. I think, I think we kind of, I don't want to say t- took him for granted last year, but I think we kind of forgot about what he can bring to the table going into this year based on that lack of speed, that lack of big playability. So be curious to see where he fits in. Be curious to see really how they spread that ball around with Kane, with uh, John Lovett, Devin Ford's back. You know, there's there's a lot of backs out there. So I don't think there's a, there's a, a, a right formula or anything like that, but I am very curious to see how they make that work. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a, such a, a, a very quick transition in the way we view Kevon Lee and his importance with the roster. This time last year, Kaziah Holmes got in early. You got four other guys. You're putting him fifth in that room and thinking who's really going to impact this team in 2020. He ends up leading the team in rushing. And now you, you say, you know, how, how does this offense really operate without Kevon Lee being a steady part of the process? Uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, uh, expect more on the site about Kevon from that conversation. Thank you to him for his time. And thanks for Penn State uh, to make to, for making him available for that conversation. Uh, Sean, five-star mailbag. We'll make this one quick. Not going to lie. Going to an ultrasound to check in on the baby girl, 24 weeks. It's getting very real. She is moving in there. Let's get to football, though. (laughs) June is halfway done, and Penn State hasn't picked up a single commitment yet. Is that concerning? That's not my question. That is a question from an audience member. Well, they did pick up a commitment, Jordan Vandenberg, for the 2021 class. Um, but no, I mean, this is this is kind of how we mapped it out. And I know I know people want to get antsy and, and and want these commitments all to happen all at one time. But I mean, this is this is basically the the roadmap that we laid out here. These guys want to see these schools. They want to check some things out. I, we we all thought that Jaden Gould would be the first piece to fall on the 20th. That does not look like it's going to be the case. So, I mean, you, you get one guy to hop on board, you might make some other guys feel a little bit more comfortable. But no, I mean, it's it, it's basically exactly how we said things would play out. And I and I don't know how to say that without trying to sound like an egotistical jerk. But I think this is the expectation, and and it's playing out. And I, I know we want we want the gratification, but yeah, I think you gotta you gotta wait a little bit here. What Sean said, and we also want to say this, uh, congratulations to our loyal loyal listener, Dan, and his fiance Alyssa, for their upcoming wedding. Uh, Dan's friend, Nick, reached out to us to let them know uh, that he loves them and he's thinking about them. And this sounds like a cameo because he ended up with a cameo. Nick got a cameo from his friend, Dan, with Trace McSorley. Dan, you got to get stuck with, with Sean and I, but we appreciate you listening. We wish you a great celebration and, and uh, many years ahead. Anything to add to the, to the newlyweds? Nope. Just congratulations to you guys. Thanks for, thanks for listening. And thanks for, you know, getting married, I guess this, this yeah. is the way to go. Um, and now yeah, that's, uh, that's really awesome news. You sent me that, that, that note the other day. Um, this, I guess this is our cameo. Is that what we're doing now? So, um, but, uh, no, congratulations to you guys. It's, uh, it's awesome news. I hope you enjoy your special day. And we hope you all enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week with the latest from another busy few days on campus for Penn State recruiting. On behalf of Sean, I'm Tyler Donahue. This is the Lions 24-7 podcast. 
Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.